I say, Holmes, what do you make of this incredible disturbance all over the landscape? Indubitably, this is a smokescreen, a clever stratagem. Look at the way shells, beast hair, claws, and fangs are all strewn about the landscape, Watson. Yes, Holmes. It would appear that local wildlife has had a gigantic brawl. It appears that way only at a glance, Watson. Look also at these faint lines through the grass. Why, Holmes, stray lines can come from many sources. Could a cheetah have been on the prowl in this area? The next cheetah I see that leaves faint boot impressions will be the first, Watson. No, these tracks stem from a biped source. Holmes, surely you jest. The carnivorous creatures that we see piled about, nothing to be trifled with, even by an army, let alone suicidal fool who seems to have run right into them. Most times I would concur with you, Watson, but I know of a man who would do just that and live to tell the tale hundreds of times over. A man with a fiery head of hair and a temperament that causes all monsters no end of grief. A man who has saved entire civilizations and made himself beholden to women the world over. It's elementary, my dear Watson. How Caratop is it? I can think of no quality that Caratop and Adol Kristen share save leaving many corpses in their wake, Watson. Regardless, the presence of Adol can only mean that it is time for the RPG backtrack. Today we ease into a discussion about an RPG series as old as Easter. Phil revisits demons from the recent past, and Mike goes into Eastern culture talking about a couple of Easter eggs we'll never see in the U.S. Mr. Apps and the now infamous Glenn Wilson join us on this easygoing discussion on RPG Backtrack. <laughs> Welcome to RPG Backtrack, where we discuss computer and console RPGs from the way back right up to yesteryear. It's also the place where we can't pronounce any proper nouns, encourage spoilers, and the host doesn't know how to spell ease. I'm Phil Willis. I'm Mike Minky. Most of the time. Whether and... I'm not, I'll know it. <laughs> <laughs> and we have two guests with us. Returning today is Mr. Glenn Wilson, a.k.a. Seventh Circle. Unfortunately, we won't be talking for two and a half hours because I haven't played all eight of the games that we're talking about like last time. I'm sure that won't stop you. And uh, returning back for his second RPG backtrack, Fake Mike, a.k.a. Mike Apps. How you doing? What are we talking about tonight? Brandish or something? Something, I, I, some ease thing or something? You're close. Something bad, but not Brandish. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave Brandish for after I've actually played it and experienced the wonder of the dungeon rotating around me. Oh, save yourself the trouble. Just to, just to tell our audience just how much we love them, Glenn and I are taking a break from StarCraft 2 just to talk about old games. That, that's dedication right there now. I take a break from StarCraft 2 the entire time I'm playing you. I don't need to go full on. Mm, I'm sure. That's what she said. Um, anyways. <laughs> no, I don't know. These she said jokes tonight. I don't know. Whew. So, speaking of taking people full on, let's head on to our next section, Blast from the Recent Past.
Today we're talking about a trio of games. Uh, one bad, one mediocre, and one that is debatably good, I suppose. Let's start. Let's, well, let's go with the bad first, because I know Phil has so much to say about From the Abyss. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is when Phil wanted to be a reviewer, and we wanted him not to be. And he was like, what game can I review? And Max Storm's like, I have the perfect one for you. The only good thing about From the Abyss was it, how incredibly short it was. <laughs> and I think I titled the review uh, where it said From the Abyss, I said send it back. Or maybe I put that on a blurb or something because that's, that's exactly where it belongs. And, you know, Two of the games that we're talking about on Blast in the Recent Past are action RPGs, but this one just was really, really really bad it started out kind of promising uh it's 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 an action rpg i remember i believe using the, the stylus to do with a lot of the attacking and moving around and stuff and and at first it's kind of cute and i'm attacking things and getting salute and going back but uh to town selling it raking up whatever but the game becomes Just like diablo it sounds great it sounds great on paper <laughs> do you also think diablo is a terrible game uh, it's okay um, so, so, but the problem, the problem being is that the, the, after about the second board or so, you just start becoming way more powerful than the, the guys around you. It really becomes a cakewalk very quickly. Uh, the boards, the worlds are very bland looking, the monsters, not much, a whole lot of variety to them. Um, uh, the, the, there's a small challenge in some of the bosses, but, but not really a whole lot. It doesn't really do a great job of breaking up the monotony of finding them. The um the 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 store area the little city or whatever have you is really just a bunch of text menus with a couple of backdrops. It it just felt like it's something you could probably beat um in a few hours. I I don't remember exactly how long it took to me, but it didn't take very long at all, which is saying something because it always takes me longer to to, to beat games than so most other was people. It, was it fast paced then? If it's only a few hours long and yet horrible? Yeah, it's it's about as fast paced your typical you know action RPG, but you know unlike something like Diablo, there just wasn't wasn't a whole lot too. I mean, there's really only eight worlds, and each one of those worlds, I mean, uh, it, it is maybe twenty screens, ten to twenty screens big. Um, the the screen the, the 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 maps are the individual little screens as you go from one screen to another don't take you very long to get across at all especially when you start uh one shotting enemies left and right or whatnot so very very so all simple. you hated about it was that it was bland and uninspired and too easy yeah it, just, that, it wasn't that bad it just really wasn't anywhere <laughs> close to 30 bucks it was worth two bucks in ds we wear title or something i don't know it just it, it was just very it was very yeah who localized that bad boy i guess the localization wasn't that great either wasn't that the same group that did Away Shuffle Dungeon? I seem to remember it being the same people. Was it Wasn't Ukes? it done by Axis? Axis, yes, I think it is. Yeah, Axis. yeah, Axis, Axis, that's right. Or they've, Axis, done some okay, they've done some okay jobs. I can't. I can never remember which ones are the ones they did, but I feel like I've reviewed one of the Axis games and had it recently, and it was had a decent localization. <laughs> I just I mix up all the little guys. Was it the PSP well, game? Are you talking about the one you just recently oh, yeah. wrote? Was that uh, Mamana ER Chronicle? Did they do that? Yes, yes, they did. That had a good localization. That was funny. I think I had to yeah, keep... I can't complain about Levitine's localization. The game got old, but the localization was fine, even yeah. if they decided to make everybody have a Latino Ex accent in text for some reason. <laughs> well, that sounds like Dragon Quest now, but. 
<laughs> the thing was, Mamana ER Chronicle sounds kind of like From the Abyss in that it was also a really bland, really simple action RPG. And the only thing that saved it for me was that the localization was funny. Mm. So I, I, I put... Maybe that's their stick, because they like to grab really bland, uninspired, simple games and then bring them to America so we can see what Japan has to offer. Yeah, and I got on here uh, positive note. It's a short game. Negative note, not short enough. <laughs> it just it, the get what little is there is just gets really old within the first hour or two, and you're done with it. I just there's nothing new underneath the sun after you get past you know the first hour or two. It actually uh, actually I just took a look at our review. I guess I did take about seven hours to beat it um, and whatnot. So. Anywho, um, that didn't stop IGN from giving it a 7.5 out of 10. So <laughs> I Wasn't that I, the game that had some multiplayer promises? Is that right? You know, I, I, I don't know. I never really look into multiplayer into DS games. It may have. Well, right. You know, none of us do, and we reviewed them, but because none of us have friends. But, yeah, you know. no friends. Yeah. Except Maxstorm. Maxstorm always likes to talk about how there's a Wi-Fi mode if you can find somebody to use it with. Speaking of, have any of you all found anybody with the uh, with uh, D- Dragon Quest yet? Glenn not playing Dragon Quest. Yeah, no. I couldn't even find anybody at the GameSpot during the big GameSpot day or anything. That's pretty sad. Anywho, moving on. Um, th- uh, along the lines of uh, action RPGs, uh, Space Siege also came out a couple of years ago, and I remember kind of keeping a close eye on this one. I wasn't a huge fan of Dungeon Siege, but I I, I did get some enjoyment out of it, so I was kind of keeping an eye on, on Space Siege, and I remember when it came out, uh, the reviews were just bombing. Uh, basically, just this did not live up anywhere to their expectations or whatnot. People, after playing Dungeon Siege uh, one, I can't. I think two had already been out too. Uh, we're really expecting a lot of things from Space Siege that was coming from the same creators and whatnot, and they just didn't get it. The but when I when I got around to playing it, I got it off a of Steam sale for like five bucks or something like that. <laughs> and as a five dollar game, let me tell you, it's fun. <laughs> no, it's, just, it, it's it's good for a five dollar game. It's 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 an action RPG. It's it's not deep. Um, as far as the you know, you really don't feel as much of an impact as you're leveling up and you're picking the different skills. There's not a lot of variety to the weapons. Um, See, it's this the, is how I felt about Dungeon Siege. Maybe the I always thought Dungeon Siege was a very overrated game. So maybe the problem was that the people People that had these interesting, unique memories of Dungeon Siege as being good, and then Space Siege was really the same thing again, and they're like, oh yeah, actually this stinks. You know what, I'm really glad you said that, Glenn, because no, I actually felt the same way. I played Dungeon Seeds, and I did get some enjoyment out of it for the first few hours, but it, it felt pretty repetitious and shallow. It didn't It didn't feel like the, the various skills that you got and the various loot that you picked up as you went along was really changing as it was, let's say, in Diablo. Um, it just yeah. really felt monotonous. It really didn't feel like your characters had a lot of different skills. Right. There wasn't either. any variety to anything. It, it had the you know the the saga Final Fantasy two way of leveling up idea where you know the more you use something, you better you got at it. But like mm-hmm. you kind of needed to use everything a little bit. Like I was trying, I had in my mind the kind of character I wanted to end up with, but just from using magic all game, I wasn't getting powerful enough for that to be good enough. So I kind of ended up making a jack of all trades, master and none. Just didn't have much fun with it. The fantasy settings were really lame and bland too. 
Yeah, and I actually found, you know, with Space Siege, the setting's a little bit more interesting, being that science fiction, and you don't see that used uh, as often, especially in the action RPG area. Um, but as you go through it, it starts reminding you of Dungeon Siege again, because it, it doesn't, there is not, there's not a whole lot of variety as you're going along. Every every space station or space dungeon or whatever in the heck they're called looks pretty much the same as the last one. Uh, robots, you know, may have different configurations, but yeah, it's just pretty much, you know, you're tearing through them the same way. I mean, if you're into action RPGs um, outside of something like Diablo or something, a lot of them are along these lines anyway. So, uh, you know, repetitious, uh, you know, kind of going through lots and lots of stuff. Um, it, it, it doesn't have the satisfying skills or guilt, uh, loot gilding that loot gilding, <laughs> loot farming <laughs> that you get out of something like Diablo. Um, but was there, when, was there a strategy to it where it like dumps a variety of situations on your head and you have to figure out how to deal with them with the character you made? Because that's one of the things Diablo 2 did really well to me that the other games like that I've tried didn't yeah, do well. Diablo like, 2 was really good about that. Especially yeah. all the boss encounters. No, you know, it really, no, there wasn't. It, it kind of felt like no matter what skills or upgrades you picked, it was going to kind of work out the same way anyways. And unlike Diablo, where I seem to have to make, I would have to make a decision whether I want to power up my fireball or buy this new wall of ice or whatever have you. In this game, it was like I'm putting points into increasing my, this attack by 1%. It, it just, you know, it's like, okay, that sounds cool. I probably need that, but it's nothing that's going to make or break the game either way, you know. It's... It was just. It didn't feel like it was very distinct. I think that's, you know, it just. Yeah, <laughs> you had a robot helper, but you didn't have a whole party either. So no, no you had a robot little guy who kind of followed you around, did stuff. Um, I don't remember exactly. It's been a while, but I do remember the robot. He was there. One of the, one of the things I really liked about uh, Dungeon Siege was you had a pretty big party, so that that doesn't make Space Siege sound all that appealing. No. In Dungeon Siege, all you had were mules that followed you around. Does uh, Dungeon Siege 2 give you a party? Dungeon Siege 1 definitely had a party. Yeah, you definitely I, had a I party. Mean, it's, been a long, it's a long time since I last played. I, I didn't finish Dungeon Siege. Do you get it later in the game, or is this something that I was too stupid of a gamer to figure out how to get like extra party members? <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember having party members, at least not ones I was controlling. Um, I think... I. Gosh, gosh, it's just been too long since I played Dungeon Siege. I, I want to say I remember being then able to control them. we started talking about Ease. You know, <laughs> well, that's all you guys. I haven't played Ease. But uh, I, I remember being able to – I think I remember being able to control them individually because I remember pausing and doing like what I would do in a Botter's Gate type of game where I would give them individual orders and then unpause it. But it, there was very little need to do so most of the time because okay. the fighters just fight, the healers just heal. It, it wasn't like, gosh, I got to use my fighter this attack right now. It's just, yeah, get out there. I'll, and do I'll your believe thing. you. Since since I didn't like the game and didn't finish it, I could have also chosen not to remember it correctly. So that's maybe, fair. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm thinking Dungeon Siege Two or I don't know. I don't think I played Dungeon Siege Two. But who knows? Anywho, uh, well, Space Seeds was obviously pretty forgettable. But if you see it for yeah. five bucks or you get it for free and you've got nothing better to do with your time, great. If you've got better things to do with your time, totally skip it. Hey, then we a have. Lot of, a lot of things get a lot better when they're only five bucks. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Tales, Tales of Vesperia on the Xbox 360. Have any of y'all played that one? It's probably not five bucks. It's probably not. No, but no. Should it be? It's, right now it's going for about 30 bucks on eBay. Um. Have any of y'all played that one? I've played it. Not too far in, but I've played it. And what's your impression? It's a Tales game. 
it's a well, there you go. That's all I needed to hear. I'm glad I didn't play it. I mean, I like the Tales game, so I'll, so I'll probably play it. I mean, I, you know, I get into a mood where I just like that easy action combat battle system. So, so know. wait, so you started it like a while ago and didn't finish it? Is that what you're saying? Um, I kind of, I kind of went on like a buying spree and basically bought all the Tales games. So. Ouch. I kind of just played it a little bit just to see what it was like. And a buying spree is one thing, but a masochistic buying spree. <laughs> well, I mean, I really, really like Tales of the Abyss. Okay. So I kind of went from there. Well, 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 what? Tale? Oh, Tales of the Abyss. Okay. Tales yeah. of the Abyss That's is the one that I I can accept that some people might like it a lot. It was a lot of fun, although it was about at least ten hours too long. Yeah, I, I played almost all of it and uh, didn't finish it, but I had a big issue with, you know, the, the frame rate issues, the slowdown on the world map yeah. and how hideous it was. Just kind of like that eventually got to me when the plot, like late in the game, turned into a long series of main quest fetch quests. Like, run yeah. to this town in the middle of nowhere. Oh, there's a secret lab. Now we figured out to go this other place in the middle of nowhere. And there's really no dungeons or anything. It was just like running from town to town over this horrible world map with a terrible frame rate and slowdown, and that's what eventually yeah. got it for me. The latter so my, part of the by tail standards, okay. what is Vesperia like? Um, I'd say it ranks ranks up pretty. I mean, I haven't played the whole thing, but from what I've seen, it ranks up pretty well. It's it's it looks really good. It's got a really good look to it. The battle system is great. Um, you know, it's just. It might even be better than Tales of the Abyss, as far as I know. Yeah, but. I mean, according to Adrian, um, a, 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 who reviewed it for for us, he said that it uses what, what, basically. Adrian a, reviewed a Tales game. I know, I'm, surprise, I'm... shocked. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, but he, he only said, gave this one a four out of five. And yeah, since so, you divide all of Adrian's scores on Tales games by two, that means <laughs> this is a bad game. Um, he says that it's basically, um, you know, the, 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 the combat system is an upgraded version of that scene in Tales of Abyss. Yeah. So he liked, the, he liked the battle system, and he liked the graphics. He, thought, he felt the graphics were done really good. But, um, you know, but if you've already played Tales of Abyss, that so much of this game feels like that, since it's just yeah. a, a slightly upgraded uh, mode of that, that that could be a, a negative if you've already played Tales of Abyss. Yeah, but, you know... If if you you're not looking for something new in every single game you you play, it's it's a very polished Tales game. So what's well, a Tales game? I mean, yeah. jokes aside, I mean <laughs> right. it is pretty much the same game over yeah. and over again. And the times they tried to change stuff around, that usually ends up messing things up rather than making it better. Pretty much. Another thing, uh, another thing that he notes is that it's uh, that that we should be mentioned is that it's pretty difficult. Um, he says far more so than its predecessors. Uh, some of the boss fights, especially in the early portions of the game, he says, are incredibly challenging, and players may find themselves escaping by the skin of their teeth. Um, and um, and it says the boss fight provided in the demo version of uh, released on Xbox Live, for example, is just as hard, if not harder, than the final version. So that might be a good way to, to jump in and test it out for yourself to see if that's you know something you want to do. Um, well, I, I think you can change the battle difficulty. I know you could in earlier Tales games. I'm not sure about this one. But but I, I believe Tales of the Abyss at least let you change difficulty like mid-game and switch it back whenever you wanted to. Uh, uh, yeah. So I would definitely encourage... There's a couple of other notes I won't go over. Um, 
uh, they're a little bit too detailed for, for this segment, but there's some interesting notes he has in his review, and you can check that out, rpgamer.com. Do a search for Tales of Vesperia. It comes right up. Um, but um, uh, it seems like, you know, overall he enjoyed it. Whether or not you enjoy it, I guess, <laughs> depends on whether or not you really like Tales games. Read the notes and whatnot. It's, it's a beefy yeah, game clocking into 50 hours. Wrote, if you're that one guy on the forums who wrote, I do not read reviews by Adrian Dane then probably. <laughs> 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 oh boy anyway so there you go there's there's our those were games that came out in august of 2008 and uh, that will do it for our blast on the recent past section let's uh let's move on we're gonna be back in just a few moments to talk about a sex is it sextilogy of games i guess that's what uh, it's, it's called. gonna be a heptilogy shortly heptilogy there there you go that's true so we'll be right back in just a minute. So today we're going to talk about a series of games that I absolutely know nothing about. I've seen when I was when I was I remember going to video stores and looking at the shelves for video games. I used to go to this rental place that had a huge shelf of Super Nintendo and Nintendo and Genesis games. And I would get to the Nintendo section looking keeping an eye out for RPGs and stuff and I would see this game called Ease. Um, and I'd look at the box, and I couldn't quite figure out exactly w what it was. Was it an RPG? Was it an action game? What in the hell is it? Well, big Y? Any? What, I used to think it was Wise. Wise? Why? Why would I want to buy it called Wise? What kind of name is Wise? Uh, and so I never actually even gave it a rental to check it out or whatnot. So I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say about this game today. Um, so why don't I let Mr. Miki go ahead and, and start the show off here? All right, Ease, Ease 1 came out in 88, I want to say. I could be wrong there, but it's late 80s. It came out on Japanese computers first. Then it came out on uh, the Master on, System, sir. the NES. 80, 87. Okay, 87. I have, See, a handy time, I have a handy timeline in front of me that, from the instruction book for the uh, DS version. Oh, excellent. See, it's, it's, it's the Reagan years either way. Yes, I. We could have a fun discussion. <laughs> that's that's how I Trying... sort all my video game knowledge is by who was president when the game came out. <laughs> now I want to. I'm going to come up with a deep scholastic appreciation of how Ease and Reagan are intertwined, but not now. Easonomics. And... Sure. <laughs> we learn that if you crash into things at just the right angle, you kill them and take their luscious experience points and money. But if you crash into them at exactly the wrong angle, which is what the economy seems to be doing right now, without Reagan in charge, then you don't get the luscious experience <laughs> points and money. See? We can do this, people. Uh... 
Yeah, and Ease Two followed it shortly after. Luscious experience points is is that didn't hardcore gaming say luscious experience points over and over throughout the Ease article? Yes, it did. did. Somehow it it appears to have rubbed off on me. Uh oh, it's very subconscious. (laughs) Got to make sure you're not doing any plagiarism. Whenever you talk about the game, I'm going to have hardcore gaming open to see if you're subconsciously reciting the entire article. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, keep winging it, Mike. Yes. Yes, thank you. It, Ease 2 was followed Ease 1, amazingly enough. And the games are so closely linked because Ease 1 leads into Adol flying up into the sky to meet the civilization of Ease that has been lost in the sky for centuries before that. that oh my god, Ever spoilers. since the original release, they've just been bundled together all the time. And that's how we've seen most of their releases, including the Turbo CD release back in 1990 and then the DS release last year, and now the PSP release that's coming shortly, along with the... Well, they weren't bundled together on the Saturn, which is how I played them the first time, but we can get to that a little later. So since Ease 1 and 2... Did the Saturn No, it didn't come out in the US, but that's how I played it, and let's face it, Ease 1 and 2 are not so complicated that I needed to understand every nuance of the story the first time. Whatever. You, You import... Like, half the games you play are in Japanese. Make it sound like it has to be simple for you to import it. Yeah, well, you've played it too. Was the story so deep that you had to understand every line, every nuance? I liked of- it. I like. Okay. Well, the thing is, I didn't understand what the story wanted me to do. I had to use a walkthrough when I played it, but like, it was still enjoyable to read. Yes, but I mean, yeah, I, well, I, I read the version of the It was by unenjoyable. Apple, so was, was it so deep that you had trouble following it? Well, what happens when the chick's like, go find my harmonica? You'll know what you're looking for. You're looking over the screen, and you don't know that you're looking for a harmonica. Wouldn't you feel lost? Uh, I didn't even know about that, and I played it in English. I kind (laughs) of just ignored all the townspeople. Did you have to use a walkthrough? I did have to. I did have to use a walkthrough. (laughs) Yeah, I did did too. I read everything, and I still had to. So, yeah, I guess I don't know what the point was. It's not like the game... (laughs) really explains what you need to do but that's kind of you know that's kind of an it's the charm of 80s gaming yeah it's enjoy an simon's quest too while you're at it oh. <laughs> yeah i'd kind of like to play the turbo cd version sometime just to see what a translation of that story from 1990 looks like i want to play the turbo cd game to see what this is supposed to sound like since i only played these games through their uh, inferior sounding systems ports. you know that that's available on the virtual console that's how I played it. That sounds not free. Whoops, <laughs> Glenn. It's Glenn. ten bucks. Come on, <laughs> Glenn. Why don't you tell us? Uh, why don't you tell the audience um, uh, about w- what's the biggest thing that makes E stand out from every other RPG that's out there today? As far as it the would be the goes. fabulous, simplest battle system ever made, where all you do is run into things, and when you run into things, if you do it the right way, they get hurt, and you don't. So you spend the entire game sprinting across the map, running into things at the right angle, and if you ever don't, you die. And that's what sets it apart. <laughs> is, is, is that what you are going for? I guess so, that'll wrap it up. <laughs> to, well, that is it. I mean, especially, I, I've only played Ease 1, 2, and 3, and Ease 3 did uh, unfortunate things with the setup. So I'm really just talking about Ease yep. 1 and Ease 2. But yeah, you, uh, you're a battering a Let's... Adol pretty much stands there with a sword held out directly in front of him, and that's the only thing he can do. And then you sprint into things, and if you sprint into their stomach, 
you get hurts for somehow. It doesn't really well, matter. There's the magic enemy. and ease too, as well. This yeah, is he true. Can shoot fireball. It, fireball makes, it makes the games good to play packaged together because by the end of ease, you're probably incredibly sick of the battle system, and yeah. then ease two, you get fireballs and you know it changes stuff up. You can turn into a bunny rabbit demon, and that way the other demons ignore you. It's good stuff. They change up the <laughs> gameplay pretty well in these two. Well, they don't ignore you, but they'll actually talk to you instead of trying to kill you. That's true. They'll be like, we have a dastardly intruder, a red-haired swordsman, and we will eat his blood when we find him. And you just giggle and run past them. Because <laughs> you're an adorable bunny rabbit demon. So, since you're just running into stuff as your main mechanic here for, for battling, I take it that... Um, things happen pretty fast, or do you have to do a whole hell of a lot of grinding to get up a level? I mean, how uh, do they pad out the length if you're just going to run into everything and just, I mean, you what do you do? Just literally run through dungeons, I mean. The answer is not quite what you're expecting. So, no, um, you have to level grind a lot, but the level grinding it has one of the most, like, exponential level systems ever in terms of the growth that you encounter. So you go up to an enemy, maybe it can kill you in two hits. So you're like, oh crap, so you run back to the last area. And you level really fast, so maybe you kill five ants, and then you level up. And you can go right back to the guy that killed you in two hits, and now he only does one hit point of damage to you. I mean, the, the levels are that drastic in the game. So you'll gain, you know, if you're stuck, just run back, level grind. You gain levels really fast, so spend two minutes level grinding, and you can probably take on the monsters in the next area. And yeah, you have to do that quite a bit. Uh, I know in Ease 2, I really felt like I had to be at the highest level possible to beat the last boss. So I just stood outside the last boss's door and killed a continuously spawning enemy for about three or four minutes. That got me to max level. Then I went to beat the game. You know? yeah, so the way they had the, it out... Oh, go ahead. Ease does the thing where it scales experience based on what level you're at. So if you try and grind on small things forever, you're going to get one experience from them eventually, and that make, that forces you to go off and fight something harder. Yeah. What I was gonna say is the way they the way they pad out Ease is Ease One is a really tiny world. It's like a field, two towns, and maybe three dungeons, maybe four dungeons. So like that's it. Most yeah. of the names you fight are in the field or the tiny, tiny, tiny dungeons. So it just sends you. Of course, back the power of Dom over. is not a tiny dungeon at all. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's <is> true. <laughs> they they do the infinitely tall tower pretty well. You know the whole Tower of Babylon. Did the Japanese just have game. an obsession with evil towers? I think they do. So the way Ease lengthens it out is you'll like get to the last town of the game and find out you have to go back to the first town to talk to someone to continue the plot. So you go back yeah. to the first town, she's like, oh, we'll go back to the first dungeon, and now you'll be able to open a door, and there's something important there. And then you'll go there, and then you'll have to go back, you know. So it, just, it sends you back and forth zigzag patterns all over the map, and that's how Ease 1 stretched it all out. So that was... I, know, I thought it was annoying. I mean, if Ease One is five or six hours long, you probably spend four of those hours backtracking. Or actually, the, I shouldn't say that because the Tower of Darm, the last dungeon in the game, is very long, but it also makes you backtrack. Like I think you get toward like close to top of the tower, and then it makes you go back to the basement to get something, and then you go back <laughs> to the top of the tower again. I mean, it's ridiculous. So since the gameplay is is so simplistic, and there's a bunch of running around. Um, maybe the big selling point here is the great story. Does does it have a good story? Uh, it's interesting. It's entertaining enough. I, yeah. I wouldn't call it the drawing point. If you go into this game expecting the greatest story you've ever seen in your life, Absolutely. you're probably yeah. gonna fall down on your face, either laughing or in shame at how stupid you were. But it's I entertaining mean, it's enough. It's good enough. It it isn't but, going to make you really care about the people and push forward. It has a big flaw in that Adol, the lead character, 
his only motivation in the game is like he just does what people tell him to do. I mean, Pretty he much. has no reason to continue. You know, he walks in, and a fortune teller's like, I don't, I don't even remember. It was just a year and a half ago. But the fortune teller <laughs> tells him, you must go out and find this stuff. And he just does it. And each time he runs into someone along the way, they tell him what to do, and he just does it. And there are all these hot, half-naked, robed women in the game begging you to help them. And he helps them, and then leaves. You know, he doesn't. There's no love. There's no. He has no interest in the women. He doesn't want to stay in one of the towns and hang out for a while. He just does what people tell him to do, and just like a pure adventurer and kind of not a very interesting guy. But the overall story itself is, you know, good for an '80s game. Plus, I, I played only the game. yeah, and I played only the DS version, which had a good localization by Atlas. So it was typical old school, and that people only spoke in two or three sentence bursts. But the localization <laughs> was strong enough that it was, you know, it wasn't as awkward as it probably would have been 20 years ago. Actually, you'd be surprised that the Turbo CD version actually has some pretty good voice work, which you wouldn't expect from that era. No, I wouldn't. So, <laughs> I, e- e- well, wasn't more... the the audio experience was supposed to be what was so great about Ease? So, do you guys think that the yeah, good I voice think... work was supposed to go with the good music? I don't think so, because uh, well, yeah, the voice work comes from here, and the music comes from over in Japan. I don't know how much they yeah. had to do with each other. But I mean, if you look at a game like. Um, some of the recent Ease games, like uh, Oath and Fulgana, it doesn't even have. I've played the Japanese version; it doesn't even have any voice acting. So I don't. I don't think they really take a lot of stock in voice acting. It was just an accident of the TurboGrafx era. It could be. No, no. Ease Six has voice acting. I don't know why they skip some of the games. Yeah, I don't know. So would so would you but think yeah, of the music of Ease? Because I mean, people rave about the soundtrack of Ease, the series really as a whole. It's really good. I, yeah, I will say that the DS version doesn't do it very good justice, but the basic <laughs> tunes are still there. They just sound yeah, really good a lot better in other places. Yeah, so oh. the only version of Ease 1 and 2 I played was the DS version, and it, you know, if it was supposed to be great, it was not great coming out of the DS. It was just okay. Well, I don't think the, the first two games are the best music the series has to offer anyway. I mean, even on the Turbo CD, it's really good, but, you know... I've listened, I've, a lot of the themes from the newer games are a lot better. Yeah, I should mention that since I played Ease 1 and 2 at first time on the Saturn and the Falcon Classics collections, there were two enhancements that were pretty nice. One, you can run, which speeds things up even more, and two, you can move diagonally. That was so yes. helpful. Yeah. <laughs> it may so not wait, sound uh, like much to all you newfangled gamers who can move in every angle of the sun all the time you want, but back in the day when we had to move at 90 degree angles. So, uh. so apps, you said you had the DS version. What did you think about the stylus controls on Legacy of Ease? I actually haven't used the stylus controls at all. I just stuck to the D-pad. Are you into I, the I lame? Like, did millions of Ease fans just get a chill up their spine because you switched it to Legend of Zelda controls where you hit the button <laughs> to swing the sword? Really? Did you just do that on this backtrack? I think so. Uh. Wow. I, I had heard that the stylus controls were bad, so I just kind of went with the D-pad controls. Huh? I said, are they okay? I like them. The only problem is that when you're fighting enemies that are much tougher than you... I mean, you can't really use it with with magic, I don't think. Actually, I don't yeah. remember that well. But I'm thinking mostly in Ease 1. So the, the problem is that, you know, he, he runs so fast, and the screen is so tight down... Which may also kind of makes issues in the dungeons. When you're talking about an old game like this, I don't know. Did uh, 
and it was a little easy to get turned around in a couple places, I thought. But uh, so the screen's so tight down, and you run so fast, and some of the monsters in the game are fast. So if you're just controlling with the stylus, you don't quite have the reflexes, you know, that you would with the D-pad. So what I tend to do is if I was fighting really tough monsters where they could kill me fast, I played it Zelda style. But if I was, you know, if it was easy, if it was one of the things like Mike was talking about earlier where you're tearing through enemies and they're giving you no experience because they're so low level, then I would just use a stylus. So, and if it was in between that, it just kind of went on the situation. So really tough Zelda controls, really easy I thought the stylus was fun. It's kind of fun just holding the corner of the screen and tearing across levels and blowing up enemies without even thinking about it. And then, you know, if it was anything in the middle, it just took it as it went. Did you do any of the bosses with the stylus controls? No! No way! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, yeah, know, there's the reason you need to grind. Those bosses will rip you to shreds. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. You are not kidding. Yeah, so, no, absolutely I don't remember no how many way. tries it took me to beat Dark Fact and Ease One. How no, do Dark boss... Fact? What a in horrible the name! version, it took me two tries to beat Dark Fact, but I was playing it Zelda style. Right. So how? Uh, so how did the? Explain to me. Well, I just remember the boss battle and how that yeah. works when you just have a mechanic where you run into things. It's all about timing. Usually, there's you either have a limited time when you can hit them, or you know. Maybe you have to. There's one. There's like a worm boss where you basically have to chase chase it around and hit it in the hit it in at the end of its tail. So yeah, it's um, kind of the same as you no. Know, in regular enemies, you have to try to hit them from the side or behind, and bosses are kind of like that too. Right. So it right. kind of goes from boss to boss, where kind of trying to figure out where to hit them from. But even then, like the way the hit detection kind of works is. You know, enemies in the game, it's not that it's spotty, it's more that you kind of think you're attacking from behind, and then they might turn around right when you're running into them, and then you take damage too. And with bosses, they do so much damage, they're just, they're really tough. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the the dragon thing, the first boss in the Tower of Darm, uh, it's, it shoots out these projectiles that take a while to come back, so you have to keep watching to make sure that you don't get hit by its flying Sith or whatever that was, while you're trying to get in there and sneak a hit in. I died a lot on that one. I died a lot against the stupid vampire. I hate that thing. Was that in East 2 or East 1? Uh, East, the, the guy that turns into a bunch of bats. I don't know if he's technically a vampire in the story or anything. Oh, Dark Fact? Yeah. I, I didn't realize. I just remember that every time you hit that guy, part of the floor vanishes. And <laughs> that got really annoying. <laughs> Because there were a couple of times when I ended up uh, with nowhere to go and I fell through the floor and died. Not by him killing me, but by the floor going away. And another fun thing about ease is you can only carry, what, one of each item. So if you had the best healing item, yep. you can carry one of it. Yep. And so oh, like, and that, that was another great part that added to the difficulty. And if you oh, open a Glenn, treasure chest that has one of them, lose. Don't you love how you can't access the menu during boss fights? <laughs> yeah, it disables it. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> so yeah, at least you can save anywhere in that game. I think, yeah, pretty but, much anywhere. So was 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 Ease One and Two the first time we got in the U.S. on the DS, or I or was that? No, first we got it back on the Turbo CD way oh. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was back in the Bush years. They were made in the Reagan years, but they were put out in here in the Bush years. The first Bush. Anybody remember him? Vaguely. <laughs> yes. So, so let's let's move on to to ease three, which was well, wasn't that the suit? I, I think most of the talking we've done has been about ease one, right, guys? I mean, I think some of yeah. the stuff we've been complaining about didn't really apply to ease two. 
So, yeah. so the, plot, plot wise, what Mike said is right. So, uh-huh. like, he's one, an old person says, go get six books, and then you do that, and then it ends. And, like, that's the end of the game, is you magically teleporting up to the island of ease so ease 2 begins with you landing on the island of ease so like it's a like literally a direct sequel that you know the the opening sequence of ease 2 is the ending sequence of ease 1 and then you start the game so ease 2 is much more it's a much better game you know it's more than five hours long it's uh it doesn't require backtracking to make you progress you know it gives you the magic abilities so the gameplay is completely different you're not just running around through the same darn field running into the same darn wolves all the darn time darn it that you know in, in the dungeons so it's a, and there's more variety it's like you know the volcano dungeon and the ice mountain path so it kind of hit and there's like you know the castle area so there's a much more variety to the places you have the magic spells so it changes up the gameplay there's a lot more strategy to it to how you okay. want to use the magic spells so just an overall Refresh more fleshed out what? good sequel the, the mirror dungeon where you're advancing through mirrors into different sealed rooms was that in ease one or two I can't remember uh, it's got to be I want to say two, two I was going to say two okay because that was interesting even if it was kind of annoying at the same time I was able to do that one without a walkthrough, and then after I, when I was uh, using a walkthrough for something else later, I, I came across someone that wrote that uh, that was like the most difficult walkthroughiest part of the game. I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> there weren't that many mirrors. No, it just took a little while to get through them, and considering how simple most of the other uh, dungeons are, that's when stood out. So, yeah, I mean, did you guys? Is that kind of the universal thought on Ease Two? I mean, I thought Ease One felt like an introduction. It was like, here's a one really basic battle system mechanic and a really basic plot and world. And then East 2 took both those things and expanded on them. I think that's a good way to describe it. I think they make a really good pair, and I hope if they're going to keep doing new releases of it, it's, it's always them together. Because I know the, the DS version, they actually released separately in Japan. Ouch. That's because in Japan they love them so much they don't care. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought when they released Final Fantasy one and two for the PSP as separate things, I thought that was a ridiculous ripoff. I don't know why anyone with a brain would have bought Final Fantasy one and two on the PSP separate. <laughs> um, but people did, I, right? I, right? I may have. Okay, so you know, I think it's kind of a similar mindset with Ease one and two. I think the reason why they don't do it is Ease one. Is like five hours long. They're not going to be a thirty dollars DS game that's five hours long, and you know, <laughs> yeah. all you do is ram into things and you're done. You need to walk through anytime the plot tells you to do something because it doesn't explain it right. No one in America is going to buy that. Crazy Japanese people that love it will, though. Yeah, do they ever yeah, really Glenn, that, tell you uh, the plot that you have to talk to them? Where you have to, you have to use the hammer on exactly the right pillar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was in the tower and he's that... one, right? Yeah, I think you held that up as an example of need a walkthrough to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> what I remember is in Ease 2, you're supposed to eavesdrop on bad guys. So there's like a place in the game where you're supposed to like turn to the bunny demon and sneak into this room and then use a specific item at a sp- specific spot on the wall. And then like someone gives you a clue that there's a meeting happening on the other side of that wall, and you're supposed to figure out what wall it is. That was one of the things <laughs> I used to walk through and thought it was ridiculous. Yeah, and plus that that was a pretty big dungeon anyway, so finding the right room took a while. But I mean, I just the first time the game, just in general in life, when I'm like playing a video game and I realize I got an obtuse objective and I'm kind of stuck, I give it about five minutes and I pull up a walkthrough. I don't, I don't let myself get pissed off at games because you know they won't tell me what to do right. So like That's with ease, policy. 
I mean, you know, it was a situation where Atlas gave me a version a month before it came out, but, you know, it was a remake of a 20-year-old game, so finding a walkthrough was not hard, but... I mean, like, you know, I couldn't use a map in the walkthrough, of course, because the DS version, they kind of, you know, redrew some stuff, but I was able to read what to do well enough. But, so what'd you think of the games overall? Fun? Not fun? Recommend them? Not so much? I would absolutely recommend them. If... Both? It, yeah. Well, I mean, would you warn people that Ease 1 is maybe not as fun as Ease 2, and even if they don't like it, they should grit their teeth and live? Yeah, I would. You know, especially if they're looking for kind of an easy action RPG. I think I think Ease serves as a nice break between all the insanely long RPGs we've been getting of late. One thing you know, I'd like to mention about the Turbo CD version of Ease 1 and 2 is that apparently it's the only version where both of them went together where you carry your levels over from Ease 1 to Ease 2. I don't know why that wasn't implemented That's, in any of the other versions. Yeah. Where you can, you can't even start East to East Two on its own. You have to play through the first game. Okay. Yeah, I should have asked you, Mike, because you're the one playing the Turbo CD version. <laughs> well, I'm kind of playing them both at the same time. I'm kind of so, a Minky, you you would recommend these games to people too? Yeah, just as long as I make it clear what they are. I'm not going to recommend it to anybody who staunchly hates every action RPG ever made, and I wouldn't recommend it if you're looking for something epic because these really don't qualify. But you know, they're, they're I'm fun generally not a fan of Japanese action RPGs, and these were the original, you know, original preeminent first ever, you know, Japanese action RPG, and I actually, I, I like them. I kind of, I like them because they had the fast pace. Like, to me, the difference between an action RPG and an action game is action RPGs are slow, crappy, and awkward to play. Like, that's the difference. There's some sort of halt that happens all the time, and that's what makes it an action RPG instead of an action game. Yeah. And I thought, I, one of the things about the E's was it never broke the action. You're constantly running around and doing stuff, and it, it didn't feel like an RPG, you know, really. It just felt like an action game. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's kind of a, you know, a thin line anyway, but for me, the, in Glenn World, the big difference between an action <laughs> RPG and an action game is, like, the lack of fun. And I, I like the way that the E's games didn't add lack of fun to it. I think a good way yeah, to describe it would be uh, action RPG with emphasis on the action part instead of RPG, because usually it's kind of the other way around. Yeah, and, and it worked out too. You know, I guess for Atlas, I don't usually review action RPGs because you know I know I don't usually like those games as much. So you know, aside from the fact that Adrian would love to review every action RPG that ever comes out, you know, it's probably better <laughs> that way because you know I don't I'm not that big of a fan of that type of game. And yet, this one you liked more than he did. I remember he put it down and said. I'm, yeah, I'm he didn't. He didn't make it through Ease One, so he wow. got bored with it quick. And that's what I was saying too, Mike. About you know, should we just grit their teeth through Ease One? Was it kind of in hindsight? Yeah, I wish I'd given maybe Adrian a bit of advice where you know, if if you're playing two hours in, you're just kind of tired of Ease One. You know, try Ease Two because you know, they change up the gameplay quite a bit. It's not. It's not as dull. And since you, and it sounds like with the DS version, you can save anywhere, right? You could in, like, the Turbo CD version, too. Versions. Yeah, right. yeah it's, so... it's a PC game, so like any good PC game, you can save anywhere, right? It's not, yeah. It doesn't have the console forebears. So it sounds Just like... a word that Minky uses in his reviews. <laughs> Curse you, Jooms. <laughs> hey, so it sounds it's a perfect. Good word. Pick, pick, sounds, sounds like a perfect pick-it-up-and-play. It's something that it's you can jump in It's not even a real word. <laughs> sounds like something you Stop can kind of jump nebulous. in. Tell me how you really feel. 
<laughs> and like the word was archaic centuries ago. I looked it up online. Oh my gosh. Okay, <laughs> guys, I'm throwing a flag I'm on the field here. You vocabulary lessons about the centuries of yore. Well, I let you keep it in your reviews, so you win. <laughs> now you got me using it. That's okay. what annoys me. Children, I'm sending you to opposite corners. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's talk about E3. Yeah, you oh, want to oh, wait, wait, wait. I have another question. Go ahead. Oh, so the question I had was, so Ease 1 and 2 and Final Fantasy 1 and Dragon Quest 1 all came out about the same time, and they're all, like, crazy series in Japan still today. So which one do you think aged better? I mean, do you think the Ease 1 and 2 aged better or worse than uh, the original Final Fantasy 1 and the original Dragon Quest, not, like, Final Fantasy 1 version 4.0 that came out in PSP? So we're talking, about, really easy. we're talking about, like, the original slow version of Final Fantasy. Oh, yeah, or I would say the original, like, difficult version. That's the way yeah. I think of it, is that the original I, Final Fantasy is harder. I would actually say, despite the fact that I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan, I would actually say Ease. I think so, too. I think Ease aged better than the other two. Yeah, what do just, you think, just because of the speed. Yeah. Yeah, and as for Dragon Quest, well, I never played the original on the Nintendo, but even based what? on the, the Game Boy <laughs> Color version, that's the one I played. How did oh, you not uh, play Dragon Warrior? They gave them away for free. Yeah, it was free. Because <laughs> no one would buy the damn game. <laughs> Let's not get into how I didn't understand what RPGs were all about until I was far older than all of you. That's okay. that's an embarrassing story. And I think I told it to Glenn anyway. He knows how I, I, I failed think... to understand what Final Fantasy IV was all about until I was... <laughs> I think Mike wanted to wait until there was a Democrat in office to play RPGs. Is that... <laughs> yeah, I guess that counts. I waited until the last year of Clinton, if you want to go like that. You know, funny. it's funny you should mention that, because we didn't get any Ease games during the Clinton years. No, we didn't. Wait, we didn't get Ease 3 during a Clinton year? Was that it? Uh, when did the game come out? No, it came in 91. Yeah. What about the, the Super Nintendo version was 91? I think the they were I all played. 91. Even if it came in 92, uh, that's still Bush. Yeah, that's true. I rented it, so it's not like I bought it release week when I was 11, you know. <laughs> Did you know the three different versions of Ease 3 that came out in the U.S. were all published by different companies? No, I didn't yeah. care about publisher <laughs> either. Random factoid. I've been reading up on this yeah, stuff. Yeah, some... this, this factoid you did not care about brought to you by Fake Mike. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, here we go. This is, I wish they would do that today. A... <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it be neat if, like, you know, a video game came out, and then it came out on the Wii, the 360, and the PS3, and each one was published and localized by a different company, and each one also, like, tweaked it a little bit? I think That'd that would be, be fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, how many I mean, other games happen, but, you know, came out on three systems? Three systems at the same time, let me say. One of them a CD system. Okay, yeah. uh... So Bill, that was your awkward transition in the East 3. I tried to transition to East 3 a long time ago, so... I'm saying I, now. Now was the time. You know, I... over to East 3. I kind of fell asleep somewhere after that, so... Let's talk about yeah, East 3. Talk about the one that's, that's side-scrolling. Talk about the one that I stared at the box at the video store and I never picked up. What did I miss out on? It's the Zelda 2 of Ease. <laughs> it's the Simon's Quest of Ease. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It's the Super Mario Brothers 2 US version of Ease. 
So you said it was side scrolling, Mike. Were you still running? If you're running into things and it's side scrolling, that sounds like it's even more simplistic than before. No, no, you have to hold down the attack button. You don't have to press it repeatedly. You just hold it down and you buzz your sword up and down and up and down in like a crazy automaton. And you run into things and you hope that you keep the sword in front of you without getting too close because if you get too close, then you take a hit. It's almost like 30. Is it like 30 second hero? No, uh, 30 Second Hero is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, otherwise it's the same thing as Ease 1 where you need to grind a lot. And I remember one boss in particular, a uh, mountain cave volcano sort of place where I tried to take the boss down multiple times. It's a sort of flying fire snake thing. I don't remember what. It probably didn't have a name. I was playing the Genesis version. And I, it killed me multiple times, and then I finally got sick of it and ran around and gained two levels. And, well, what do you know? I killed it in under 30 seconds after that. <laughs> That's what we're talking about with the degree that levels matter in this game. But the hit detection in Ease 3 was ridiculous. That's So I, uh, I unlike Phil, yeah, back I- in my like rental years in the early 90s, I did see this and rent it, and it's probably one of the first Nintendo games I played. So, I mean, it's, we're, like, delving way back into my memories here, but, like, my memory of it was that the hit detection was terrible. So you hold the button and you're swinging the sword, and a doll is, like, you know, eight pixels tall, five pixels wide, and the sword is about three pixels long, and you're hoping this stupid little sword happens to hit the enemy at the right time, and if not, you know, even if you hit the enemy in the butt, you're going to take damage. Like, it was just this kind of ridiculous illogical game where you're running around slamming kind of into enemies, hoping the sword that's really tiny happens to hit them. And, you know, I guess as part of the League, uh, the E's legacy up to that point, you know, bosses were the most ridiculous, where you're fighting these gigantic things, and if you happen to hit them in the wrong spot, and they do ridiculous damage to you, and I rented it twice as a kid. I don't know why. The first time I beat it, and the second time I gave up on it, and just decided it was too hard, kind of threw the controller in there toward the end of the game. Just ridiculous. And you have this, like, my memory is that he was like this butch blacksmith guy although upon reading the history of it it seems like it was a wussy thief but you have this like kind of sidekick but he doesn't help you in battle he just like erupts through walls at convenient plot points and like looks incredibly macho and awesome because he's there busting through walls to help you out but he never helps you kill enemies and that just annoyed me as a kid too that's what he does he busts through walls he doesn't do anything right, else that, in the series except that, bust That's my memory walls. of the game. You know, women get kidnapped, Dogie busts through walls. That's the E series. <laughs> you know, like in a nutshell, that's the plot. So, but I remember just like well, being as a kid. Like, yeah, being annoyed that, you know, he wouldn't, like, if he can blow up walls, why doesn't he come help me blow up the stupid dragon? Like, you know, it kills me in two hits with my three inch, you know, three pixels. There's sword. even a line about it in E6 where he says, I'm Dogie, the wall busting champion. Champion, anybody want to have your walls busted? That's pretty much what he says. That's but I don't remember the I don't remember the plot of Ease Three at all. I mean, it was like there's something evil and you have to go kill it. I don't I don't remember it. Uh, well, I mean, as a kid, at this point, I probably didn't even think of the RPG genre. But I definitely didn't think of this as an RPG. I thought of it as just a side scroller. You know, it's the same type of game as Mario Brothers. Only instead of hopping on enemies and precisely killing them, you had the sword you're flailing around through the air, and the jump controls were terrible, and you just hope you hit something while you're running across the screen. I'm not so sure how me, much this... of a difference there was between the Super Nintendo and Genesis, but I will give you this. The sword was too damn short. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> of course uh, you'll Mike, you, you want to feel the E3 plot, or shall I try and remember it? 
I don't remember the E3 plot at all. I asked Mike. You just said you didn't remember it. Oh, well, he didn't answer, so I answered for him oh, again. Oh, sure. <laughs> I, never, I never really played E3. I've only played the much, much better reimagining. Okay. Oath yeah, and like the one that you dreamed of last night? Like, what do you mean, better reimagining? <laughs> Oath, Oath and Fogana. Yeah, oh, I didn't Calcom know that. Remade the, yeah, that's the E3 a few years back uh, using the E6 engine, so it's completely gutted from the ground up and redone. Yeah, it to is me, that's fair game. I don't see Oath of Ilgana as a separate game we're talking about today. So if you want to talk about that now, that's fine with me. I mean, how yeah, reimagined the plot is identical. It's, well, it's basically a completely different game with the same plot, essentially. Is it still a side-scroller and your sword's no, tiny? No, no. it's it, 3D over it. Yeah, okay. it's, it's a lot like E6, only I want to say it's kind of like a more zoomed-in view, but it's it's a really good-looking game, and um, it's the the music they redid from the original is just fantastic. And we'll be getting that on PSP in a few months. Well, let's see. But I don't remember too much of the plot. Uh, it's set after Ease 4 for whatever reason, but you have a guy named Chester. He's your malevolent opponent for most of the game, and he has a sister... I think it's his sister, Elena, who... Once you once Adol is revealed to not be trying to kill Chester but trying to reform him, then she goes from uh I can't say a certain word that would describe how she acts to her, but everybody can infer it. <laughs> she goes to being nice. And then there's the true menace that is unveiled at the end of the game in a was the final dungeon uh shown out by Spotlight on the Super Nintendo, Glenn. Do you remember? I don't remember. I, okay. And yeah, I remember the final boss giving me endless grief. There's a ring system in this game where you equip one ring at a time, and it promptly drains your mana. Yeah, yeah I, I remember that. <laughs> you get like an assortment of rings, and it, it drains your magic, you know, pretty quickly. <laughs> and I kept using the defensive one, and it wasn't working, so I switched to the offensive one, and I managed to kill it just before I died after about five tries with the defensive one. So there you go. That was my strategy to kill the final boss. And I think, yet I again, so you could only carry, like, one healing item. I think yep. at the time, it one didn't of each quite as much. It's only, like, in hindsight, I remember that. And kind of, yeah, that was fantastic. Why do they hate letting us carry healing items? Because that would require putting a little number down by the icon of the healing uh, item. And come on. <laughs> If I remember right, like, the boss's HP bar was this gigantic bar that spread over the entire screen. It was the most, like, intimidating <laughs> thing ever. I mean, you go against this gigantic boss with your tiny little sword, and it deals massive damage to you, and its HP bar is the entire screen. Yep. One it. healing item with you. <laughs> I, yeah, I just... I don't know why I rented this a second time as a 12-year-old, because my memory of it is not good. I probably just remember the second time where I hated it, not... Maybe I liked it more when I was ten or something. I don't know. Do you not guys know if Tails fan or oh my god, Tails fans can tell what's on my brain? Do you guys know at all if like Ease fans in general like Ease Three at all? Because every every time I hear people talking about it, it's not in a positive way. Uh, I don't know. I know, I, know Ease, a... I know the Ease fans still like staunchly defend one and two. Like, right. You know, don't make fun of one and two. I've I've never I've never seen people defending Wanderers of Ease really. I don't see people bashing it that much. It's right. just it's like you said, it's the one that's different in the series. So they get more annoyed that it's different. It has a lot of the same issues of Ease One and Two. It just does it in a side scrolling manner instead of a not side scrolling manner. Okay. 
Minky, so, Bill, have you seen people rage about how horrible Wonders of Ease are while also defending Ease 1 and Ease 2? No, I've, I've mostly seen that they seem to not like it very much, but uh, as an Ease game, they feel compelled to defend some aspects of it rather than uh, the one that they really go against, which is only hardcore Ease fans because the one they really go against is the one that didn't come out in English. Is Wonders of Ease supposed to look great? I know a big deal before our time was that Ease 1 and 2 looked great at the time, and it's kind of have trouble making that you know, transition into games of this decade. Did Wonder of Ease, was that also supposed to have looked great when it first came out? I don't think so. Probably. Because I know the Super Nintendo version, I don't remember it being, you know, like I, Super Mario World would have been the, one of the first games I got on the Super Nintendo. I remember this looking much, much worse than Super Mario World. I don't know if that was just lost in translation. I'm sure it came out in the PC first. I think all the Ease games yeah, it, do. So yeah, like maybe the came PC out a lot first. earlier. Okay. I'm going to get the, you the, the exact release date right now since I have the timeline. Hold on. Uh, where the heck you had Ni- the time. 19, oh! 1989 was the original release date for Wanderers of Ease. Okay. Well, regardless of if the PC version looked fabulous, I thought the Super Nintendo version of Wanderers of Ease uh, didn't hold up at all to other games I was playing at the time. The Genesis version looked okay, but it didn't wow me at all. And I can't speak for what the Turbo CD version looked like. It was also very linear, and I just remember the, the dungeons not being that interesting. It was being a much more of a... being a very bland game in the in the SNES era. Like, bland-looking, run-down-the-straight-path kind of a deal. Yeah, I remember that, too. The dungeons were pretty uncomplicated. You went down one path, which might have one branch with a chest at the end, otherwise... Straight shot. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so overall, Mike, thumbs up, thumbs down on number three. Uh, I'll give it kind of um, a very. Oh jeez, why do you gotta? Do you lie. Of... <laughs> give it a thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> At the movies. <laughs> but yeah, I'll give it a marginal thumbs down. How's that? Thumb <laughs> go up or down. They aren't marginal. Yeah, well, it's, Siskel and Ebert said marginal sometimes, so I'm going to do it too. And guess what happened? Siskel died, and Ebert saw the best Oh. Yeah, and then he kept the thumb slogan after he got the cancer. Well, he copyrighted it. You, you know, no yeah. one else can steal that. <laughs> so yeah, I give it, I give it a thumbs down. I would I wouldn't recommend Wonders of Ease to my worst enemy, Chris. <laughs> wow. uh, Glenn's arch nemesis. So would you would you rank it higher or lower than Valhalla Knights Two? Oh Lord, those are different kinds of pain. But I oh, would definitely say Valhalla Knights Two is worse than Wanderers of Ease. It kind of goes back to the From the Abyss deal. Wanderers <laughs> of Ease was a pretty short game. Valhalla Knights Two was sixty hours of unrelenting torment. That game was sixty hours long. Of unrelenting did, torment. Did you actually play through to the end? Yes, yes, oh, I did. Oh my god, I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's I had the one to who did the review. Play Max Storm. Michael Apps never asked to be a reviewer. <laughs> well, I try. I almost got conned into it. Well, Someone if you're wanted conned into it. It means it's terrible. a horrible, horrible game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so let's talk about E6. 
Yeah, I just played it, so it's pretty fresh in my head. Yeah, I've been right. playing a little bit of it, too. Take away, take it away, Mr. Fresh in the Head. <laughs> yeah, one thing I want to mention real early while it's still fresh in my memory, there's voice acting in this head. You meet a, a, an elf named Olha, and Olha's voice, I swear, is by the same actress who voiced the childlike empress in NeverEnding Story. You listen, they're freaking identical. <laughs> That's a sexy name, too, Olha. That doesn't sound like an obese Norse woman at all. <laughs> no, instead she's an ivory-skinned elf woman with elf ears and a tail. I don't know why elves have tails in the E's universe. Maybe it's because they're called red eye instead of elves, but whatever. They're Japanese elves. <laughs> yeah. Sexy things in Japan have tails. <laughs> yeah, Adol washes up on the Kanan Islands. He... He doesn't bump into things to kill them anymore. He can jump, he can have a three-hit combo with his sword, and he has three different swords, which each operate a little differently. You still need to grind a lot, because otherwise you can't even damage certain certain bosses in particular, but I found it easier than the games we were just talking about. Maybe that's just me. There was only one boss I had real trouble with. Easier. Uh, a little bit longer. Yeah. Haha. Everybody... <laughs> Everybody come up with your own puns and throw them in whenever appropriate. I'm, uh, would I'm you, would, would you like else. some uh, Would you like some cheese with that wine? I'm sorry, you, right can, you can kick me off the podcast for that if you want. Glenn, come on. I haven't played, you know, I haven't, I, I haven't played E6, so I kind of zoned you out. What am I supposed to say? Something You're supposed horrible? to come up with a horrible pun. I don't do horrible puns. I do scathing insults. Yeah, you have three swords. The swords have different attack styles. One of them acts like a rapier. One of them acts like, well, one of them just does stabbing motions. One of them does more swiping attacks. It's hard to des- it's hard to describe unless you know how swords it's hard operate. To describe. They, I mean, it sounds just like AD and D. Is it one sword does stab, one does slash, and one yeah. does bashing? Yeah, and they have elemental affiliations which come into play depending upon mm-hmm. what you're fighting. And they each each have of them a has a spell. Yeah. yeah, go for it, Mike. Yeah, I just wanted to say each of them has a different spell associated with them. Elaborate. I mean, like, by spell, do you mean it has the ice element, or you mean well, it, like, shoots things yeah, across like, the screen there's, like the fireball? There's a the blue wind one sword. has a whirlwind attack that hits everything in a, in a narrow area around you. The yellow one has a lightning attack that homes in on things, and the fi- and the red one has a fire attack that goes in a straight line whatever direction you're facing. Sounds kind of like and- Lagoon, which is not oh. supposed to be a compliment. Lagoon. Did you guys play Lagoon? Uh, I, ha- I own uh, no. Lagoon. <laughs> Lagoon's had special crappy magic like that. Lagoon is basically a, a horrible ease ripoff. Yes, yes. I didn't realize that at the time, but looking back, definitely. Yeah, and I'm sad to say I played that before I ever really got into an Eve game. Well, at least you knew that you were going up a step in class, right? Yes, I did. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> Gosh, Lagoon you're not so selling bad. me on Lagoon at all. I wonder if that was the point. Yes. Don't buy Lagoon. And when, I, I have to agree sword, with apps. <laughs> Once you get your swords fully powered, the magic gauge on each of them recharges pretty fast in under 10 seconds, I'd say. So you can rely on it near the end of the game for your attacks instead of getting in there and smacking the last few bosses, which get fairly powerful. Although, again, I didn't have too much trouble with them. 
and you must face the awesome power of Ernst. Can you stop Ernst's plan to... Well, he wasn't going to jail. He wasn't scared stupid. He was... Um, was he going to, to camp? Maybe. I, I think he might have used the word camp at one point. I do like that when you said Ernst, the first thing I thought of was the Ernest <laughs> series, too. <laughs> Clearly, we're about the same age. Yep. But. Sadly, this guy has long hair and does not wear a baseball cap, which means that he has no physical resemblance to Jim Varney, but whatever. He has a name that's close enough. Jim Varney's he, dead, right? Did he die? He is. Okay. He is? Oh. Yeah, he died ten years he ago. Died, yeah, he died a while ago. If I Man, where right. was I when that happened? But I also thought Chris Christopherson was dead, and then he was in a Blade movie, and then I thought he died again, and then he's a voice actor in New Vegas, so I don't always Maybe remember he's like right. he's a cat with a whole bunch of lives. I think so. I, for some reason, I'm just very convinced he's dead, and he's definitely not. <laughs> um, remember all the fun backtracking in Ease 1? Well, you get to do a lot more of it in Ease 6. Yay! Yeah. Yay! So, so what's the what's it look like? I mean, the setup is still kind of like Ease 1 and Ease 2, just a typical over-the-head, looking down at you and you're running down a field in, in dungeons, killing yeah, stuff with your three-hit yeah, sword combo and magic. Just in 3D. So, yeah, there is a, there's a 3D aspect to it because you can jump a lot, and there's one fairly annoying dungeon where there are certain enemies that when they hit you, they will push you off the platform into the level below, so you have to hop back up to where you were, which means you have to kill those things ASAP or you're going to waste a lot of time bouncing around that dungeon. So when this game came out, this is when I realized Ease was a series. You know, I'd played Wanderer from Ease, but uh, I didn't realize it was a series. And then, you know, 15 years later, I heard about this game coming out, and then I saw The Six, and that was when it occurred to me. But I didn't get it because I heard it was, I think, slow. I mean, I, I know the critics were not nice to this game, so what was wrong with it? I would was not it, say it is slow. It slow. I would say, it is definitely frankly, not slow. I would say that it's the best of the first six Ease games. Hmm. But yeah, they didn't get very high scores, right? Oddly enough, it got a couple of fours from our site. Well, that's, that's our site. <laughs> this was probably before uh, I was checking our site. It got a two and a half, but that's for the PSP version, which I should note, not having played it, is apparently really, really bad load times. As in, I I can actually talk about, about I can talk about that, but let, okay. let's let's finish talking about E six in general first, then we can get okay. into the issues with the PSP version. We'll keep talking about yeah, <laughs> yeah, Let us continue that, uh, talking about it now. Yes. <laughs> it okay, was, Falcon this... put it out on the PC in 03, then Konami put it out on the PS2 in 05 and brought it over here and did a pretty decent job with the translation if you're willing to forgive some strange voice acting decisions. You'll hear... Hey, man, I am a soldier of the Roman Empire, and I would like to talk to you right now. Right next to a guy. Oh my, my pigs have gone off of the, out of the stable, and I cannot find them. I don't know why the enormous disparity in accents that you're going to hear from the voice acting cast. The voice acting in the opening movie too is just—it's—it's it's beyond horrible. <laughs> oh yes, it's one of those things that you have to experience, and then you can go. That was pretty funny. Oh, I'm supposed to take it seriously? Uh-oh. <laughs> the good thing about it, though, is if if you really hate them, there's there's a cheat you can enter to just turn on the Japanese voices. Yeah, that would that might be pretty handy at times. Yeah. 
Although some of the people do a decent job, others seem to be sleep reading. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not usually the kind of person that would do that, but you know, I'm sure there's people out there that are going to need that code if they want to play this game at all. But I mean, yeah, the, the voice acting I definitely wasn't the worst thing I've ever, you know, heard before. <coughs> or Christ, Fantasia. Oh, Chaos Wars. <laughs> oh, oh. <clears throat> Shining Force Three. Oh come on! Don't be nice to Shining <laughs> Force version. Three. Be nice to Shining Force Three. Everything else about it is good. Yeah, well, Sega of America found the janitors and paid them an extra dollar to do all the voice acting, and boy, did they live up to exactly how much they were paid. <laughs> but they they got janitors of completely different ethnicities. Like Latino man, you will do this one voice. Like British man, you will do this other voice. I was unable to determine any particular nationality for the voice actors of Shining Force Three's English cast, other than the land of suck. Yes, they're from the country of can't act. <laughs> Rain thunder. <laughs> oh, what's the one about the Arctic blast? I'm I, I'm not even gonna try and say oh, yes. it. It'll make it sound I'll even bear, worse. I'll bear my Arctic blast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so bad. And yet, yeah, so, so worth the, putting the up with. And a major bad guy tells you scum. That's pretty much how he says it. <laughs> Not intimidated by that fearsome voice. But yeah, enough about bad voice acting. So, 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 is it worse than Chaos Wars or better? It sounds better than Chaos Wars. Yes, much better. Okay. <laughs> much, much better. I want to make that, a, If I ever make my own video game, I'm going to do my own voice acting and I'll do all the voices and make all of them terrible. I'll be like, <laughs> oh no, can you please help us? Our vision is on fire. It would be like that. I'll mess up in the middle of them like that. So oh no, I can't anyway. move at all. Help I'll do me. bad, like, crikey! Or oh, alligators are in trouble! And just it'll just be terrible. It'll offend everybody. It'll be great. <laughs> I would like to introduce to you your antagonist. It is quite evil, and I will have you know it right now. I'll have British people who only talk by saying, Hello, governor! Over and over and over again. <laughs> Isn't that a rip from Dragon Quest Eight? That's a rip for Ethan making fun of Lee, and then it takes Lee off. Okay. <laughs> I think okay, we had like my... a, a, a podcast once where Ethan was doing that, and Lee was like, "If you say that on my dad, I'll punch you in the face." And we're like, "Well, aside from the fact that your dad's two thousand miles away, you know, he's not listening." Like <laughs> <laughs> so, the PSP version. PSP version, yeah. All right, let's talk about the PSP version. <laughs> Uh, maybe most of the complaints came from people playing on PSP 1000s, because uh, those have longer loading times, obviously. But they're not the worst loading times I've ever seen. They're bad, and for a lot of people, it'll probably, you know, cut down on your enjoyment of what's a really fast game. But, you know, they're not... Does it ruin it, though? Because, I mean, Ease kind of lives um, and dies on being a quick game. So if you're being broken up, when do the load times occur? Is it just... I mean, I don't know. Um, is it just, like, for an anime cutscene, or is it while you're in the middle of running around? Like, moving between areas, sometimes it's it's a little bad. 
I think it's generally when you're going, you're leaving like one particular section and going to another area, not particularly going from like one screen of a dungeon to another or something. Although there is some load time there, obviously. Um, but it, I mean, it is bad. Is that a baby or an animal? I think it was a cat. <laughs> it was but, uh, not me. <laughs> the important, for the important part, when you're running around attacking things there aren't you know you're not going to be broken up in the middle of a boss fight with a load time or something so it's it's playable it's not the ideal way to play it by any means but if if for some reason you want it for portable or it's the only way you can play it, it is it is uh, it's definitely worth playing in that form as long as long as you're not using a PSP 1000 so despite the mild innovations, would you still call this a very like old school game? Like it should only really appeal to people that want to play a pretty version of something that could have been made in the eighties? Absolutely. It's it's still very yeah, old school. It definitely keeps the fast pace ease feel, even though you have an attack button now instead of ramming things. Right. Yeah, well with legacy ease it was like that. You could have an attack button and it's still yeah. at a fast pace. But it, it's basically a modern ease be the best way, I think, to describe it. Is your sword more than three pixels long? Is the hit detection less terrible than it is in yes. Wanderers? Yes, yeah, the is. hit detection is pretty decent. And basically your sword is effective if you get the first shot in. If you are not attacking and something hits you instead first, then you're probably going to take a hit. So it's about reading your enemy movements and knowing when to hit them. So, Mike, as a huge fan of Tales games, and also as Mike Apps, <laughs> as a huge fan of Tales games and as a huge fan of Ease games... Do you wish that action JRPGs in general had followed the ease path more, or do you prefer the, like, breaking up the action, <laughs> slope down, boredom, lack of fun, the Tales series, and other action JRPGs? Um, I, I'd say uh, I like them kind of, they're kind of separate experience, like, separate experiences, like, um, you know, Tales so games are more... Tale, if a new retro Tales game and Ease 7 both came out on the same day, which one would you play first? <laughs> E7, no doubt. Okay, so that's the one you'd like more than you'd expect. Uh, absolutely, because Tales games are too long. As much as I like <laughs> them, as much as I like them, they are all too freaking long. Okay, so so then you're with me then. So you kind of wish that the action JRP route had stayed more to the ease formula than I don't know what was the first game to do it, but you know the, yeah. the Tales formula that most of them use now. Yeah, I would agree with that, but I don't even know if it's, you know, those kinds of games' fault. I just think maybe, I don't know, if the Japanese audience completely rejects a game like that, if it's not, like, 60 hours long or something. I think, you know, I, I, I actually think the people making the Tales games are, you know, pretty much making them longer because they think that's what people want, not necessarily because it's the best way to make the game. Well, it just—it surprised me when I played Legacy of Ease that the game was so much faster, and that's the main, or that's the, really the only problem I have with action RPGs in general is the way the Japanese ones is the way they break up the action. And just while I was playing it, I was thinking, you know, Final Fantasy One is pretty much just like a traditional RPG that comes out of Japan today. I mean, there's really not much difference at all. But on the other hand, I thought the Ease games had what was for me as a gamer a very major difference between Ease. And something like the Tales series or Radiator Stories or, you know, what uh, games of that ilk where they do things to slow them down. And that's what I don't like about them. Like, I agree with you say, completely. Yeah. Okay. Minky, thoughts? Uh, I've only played one Tales game and it took me, I think, 70, 80 hours because I yeah. stupidly try to do everything in most games <laughs> I play. So, um, 
Yeah, that's not going to help you yeah. with the length of Tales games. <laughs> well, if you so played I others, definitely... though, I mean, no. I know you didn't really get to PS2 games, really, I, and I didn't have a Dreamcast so or a Saturn, so I really, I don't I don't know what would have come out back then that I can compare it to, really. But most of the, ga- yeah, the games only, I the think of... The only Tales of... game I played is Fantasia on the GBA. I think I've got a good comparison. If you think of the... Uh... The uh, like the Beyond Oasis and uh, what was the one on Saturn? What, Le- uh, Legend, Legend Legend of Oasis. Oasis. Yeah, oh, um, I didn't like those, so I'm gonna go with Ease hands down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, those are. So why did Japan do this? Why did Japan copy the Beyond Oasis formula instead of copying <laughs> the Ease formula? If I don't know, everyone likes Ease, Ease games Ease and everyone popular. hates Beyond I don't Oasis. Get it. I don't get it. <laughs> Neither do I. This series has something unique that keeps it interesting, and it doesn't try to overstay its welcome with fluff like so many other games do. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people would probably be down on like Ease One or Ease Two because they're like four or five hours or so. But I think that's actually to the game's credit; they don't overstay their welcome. Unless yeah. you. Unless you're not using a walkthrough and you can't figure out what what the heck to do, <laughs> then they're infinitely long. Yes, then you've got problems. <laughs> well, that's a way to artificially make any game you play infinitely long by deliberately not knowing what to do, or in this, this case, yeah. I <laughs> see. So far this year, I've played EO3 and I've played Near, and they were both games that I was able to find the true ending on my own because the game actually like handed it to you on a plate. Like I don't yeah. I don't get why more games don't do stuff like that. You can have interesting, hidden-ish content and not make them ridiculous to find. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's you know you you know I, that's exactly how I feel. Um, I'll you know as long as the hidden stuff is optional, that's fine. Um, so so it sounds like overall though, you guys kind of give this a thumbs up then. Absolutely. Use six, yeah. Okay. Two thumbs up. So what is the best Ease game of the four, you two who have played all four? I'm going to go with Ease 6. Um, of the four we talked about, I'd go with Ease 6 as well. Okay. Maybe I should try it then. I don't know what what I read in reviews that made me... Maybe I was reading PSP reviews for the game and not realizing that the PS2 version didn't have load issues. Maybe that was what yeah, happened. Yeah, the PS2 version even has an optional portion called the Trials of Alma that you don't have to do it all, but adds a little bit of extra content to the game if you want that. Generally, when a game has an optional thing called Trials of fill-in-the-blank, that's like (laughs) a sign for me not to touch it. (laughs) It makes it sound like, you know, horrible torture of, and then random, you know, noun it made up. Well, I played most of it, so I can tell you it's not horrible torture. It's not necessary for your enjoyment of the game, but it's there in case... You just said that you do everything in a Tales game to make it last 100 hours. You like torture. Yeah, and I also said that I only played one Tales game. <laughs> <laughs> but at some point in the torture of that one game, you should have been like, you know what I don't care about? Optional content in this torturous game. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have realized that while I was going through the, what was it, 10, 11 floor dungeon that had one save point midway through and tons of random battles all the way that killed me. Yeah, I don't do oh, stuff God, like that. Why would games. you do that? <laughs> Like, try um, games always have something like that. I don't do them. Now, that, since that's my only real Tales experience, we have to save it for the proper time, which is not now. Right. Okay. So, before before we move on to the next segment, I, I will tell uh, obviously, 
you know, a lot of us know that E7 on the PSP is coming out soon. And uh, if you go to rpgamer.com, our very own uh, Michael Maxstorm Cunningham has written an, an impression as he is playing through uh, the game a little bit uh, ahead of everybody else <laughs> and uh, it seems like he's really really enjoying it and it looks like that they've built in uh, a couple of new mechanics such as multiple party members um, that that looks like it, it really kind of adds to the gameplay and gives it a little bit uh, more depth without weighing it down uh, so much that it actually slows the experience down or anything like that. It looks like he's having a really lot of fun with it, so I kind of encourage all of our listeners to go ahead and check out rpgamer.com. The button's right there on the front page, and check out Max Storm's impression. Who's so it, localizing that? Not Atlas, Exceed. right? Exceed. Okay. Was, okay. So it's not coming with anything free? There's uh, a collector's oh. edition. Oh, that costs more money. That's not free. Yeah, but it's a really, really, it's a really good collector's edition. Wait, why does he? He says here that Falcom directly handled the development. Yeah, apparently this is the first Ease game that wasn't on PC first. It went straight to PSP. There were. I, I thought um, that was a big deal because Falcom doesn't always develop the Ease games. Sometimes they tell other yeah, people to do it. They just give them some ideas. Both versions of Ease Four weren't developed by Falcom. Yeah, let, let's talk about East 4 in a minute. Since Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, with that segue, we're <laughs> going to take a quick break. Let's let you listen to some Ease music, and we'll be right back with Mike's Import Corner. No! East 4, somehow, there are two East 4s. One East 4, <laughs> The Dawn of Ease, is on Turbo CD. The other East 4, Mask of the Sun, is on Super Nintendo, and neither of them came out in English. If it, I know that the Dawn of Ease is supposed to be the better version, and if somebody wants to supply me with a Turbo CD, I'll gladly try it out. Until that happens, I can only judge the Super Nintendo one, which... Apparently, after everybody got kind of ticked off at the side-scrolling action of Ease 3, they went back to overhead, bump-into-things mechanic. It's a little longer than the first two. Somebody thought it was a good idea to include enemies that can poison you. Normally, you can heal by standing still in Ease. If you're poisoned, you can't do that. Um, you fight the Roman Empire in this one. You end up fighting some angel who's just a jerk he's not acting like an angel he's acting like a devil ha <laughs> uh, he's your final boss he has a trio of people assisting him who have no character portraits so I don't remember them at all except I had to fight them at one point or another and they were all jerks mostly it's pretty much ease 2 continued not too much different aside from the poison mechanic and it being a little longer the dungeon run what was that? Surely, 
<laughs> no, that was that that wasn't on my end. I think somewhere uh, 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 that, fake Mike, fake Mike's pet me. elephant was letting loose there. <laughs> no, that was my wife sneezing actually. Oh, oh my! I like, guess the wrong <laughs> wife. I had the right, it sounded like a wife sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell it to get away from the mic the next time it's going to do that? <laughs> Um, yeah, I played East 4 a year and a half ago, and I remember the first boss being an absolute jerk, because it shoots these fire streams down from the top of the screen, and if you're caught in the fire stream, you have a millisecond to react. If you get caught in it, you're pretty much dead. It'll oh, zap all your life inside under a second, I think. That's what you mean when you call bad guys jerks? I just thought you meant, like, they were kidnapping women and kicking puppies. Jerk is like... I, uh, giant fire attacks and they're trying to kill you. That's a mean thing to do. You yeah, show up well, in the Dragon Slayer and you try to kill it, and it breathes fire at you, and it's a jerk. I'm trying not to have Phil bleep me out with his lovely voice later. Yes, call me Mark. <laughs> yeah, if you want me to say what I really think about it, then I certainly can, but Phil will come along with something Can't sweeter and like gentler. Use insults from the Grinch. Be like, his heart was full of unwashed spots and his soul was full of gunk. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I would say that, but it really only applies to the final bosses that actually speak, because this guy appears, has no lines, and you must simply kill it. <laughs> uh, Did he have all yeah, the tender my... sweetness of a seasick crocodile? Well, he didn't look like a seasick crocodile, but sure, he had all the sweetness of one. I'll go with that. Mike, did you ever have anything to do with Dawn of Ease? I played a, a, a little bit of it, since there's an English translation. Um, and it's it's basically a lot like Ease 2, same magic system and everything. Um, but obviously, being on a Turbo CD, it's got you know animated cutscenes, improved audio, that kind of thing. But I guess that's not the... It's not considered canon in the series, I guess, the Super Nintendo one is. Yeah. Now, what I wonder is, did they decide from the start the Nintendo one was not canon? Or did they just tell two different people to make two different games, and whatever one was better, that's the canon one? That actually that sounds kind of plausible. I've heard is uh, the Turbo CD version one is actually better. Yeah, that's what I've heard, too. And, Same. I mean, yeah. Earthquake! Did your wife sneeze again? No. <laughs> <laughs> sneeze blew over the furniture this time. <laughs> oh, I think she took exception to that remark. Uh-oh. <laughs> so while Mike's busy getting a divorce, other Mike, or real Mike, what do you think about Ease 5? <laughs> okay, Ease 5 is... Unless you get the PS2 remake, which was not done by Falcom, you can only get it on Super Nintendo. This is the one that pretty much doesn't feel like Ease. It feels like a generic version of Zelda. You can jump, you use your sword, you have an actual attack button. It doesn't feel that much like Ease, though. It feels like some generic action RPG. It's slower than most other Ease games. It's... It has even a different music style. It's more symphonic, and I don't remember any music from it where I can think of some other tracks from all the other games. This is the one that if there's a black sheep of the series, you found it. More than three? 
Yeah, I'll say, I yeah. thought Wanderer's Hermes was the one yeah. people complain about. No, I would say this one is worse. Was it's it also pretty like... da- pretty dang easy. Um, they even oh, put out oh good one, good one. Uh-huh. <laughs> I swear you guys are trying to see how much you can say the word easy in this. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's a pretty easy... Hey, you know it don't come easy, man. So they put out an expert edition later, which is the same game, just made harder. That's how easy it's considered. And is that one I can better? speak to that. Oh, I played the regular edition, and yes, it is pretty darn easy. I don't think I died once. Even the oh final boss, I just smacked it a few times. Uh, I took damage, yeah, but I didn't die. Uh... That's supposed to be a major point in the game? I did take damage, so it could have been <laughs> easier. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, that's See, like my, if I'm, if I'm, whenever I review RPGs and I talk about <laughs> how easy they are, my lowest standard is always at any point in this game did I take damage. If so, it's not very, very easy. Right, it's, it's only probably very... not a good sign. Sorry, go ahead. Um, Terra, who you meet in e- who is in E6, is in E5, and apparently during the three years between games, she grew from what looks like a nine-year-old to a sixteen-year-old. Don't ask me how, but she suddenly <laughs> is the size of a woman with a woman's boobs. Sam's not here, so she can't ogle over that, but I know that's the sort of thing that she gets into. Maybe there's a uh, time just... between the cities, <laughs> and she aged faster because just her... Just saved to Tim, Tim and it rant right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, East 5 is bland, not particularly memorable... I played it even more recently than East 4, and yet I can remember even less about it. <laughs> That's there, not a good sign. Yeah. There it's were really not a good sign when you have to... spat at me on a bridge. Uh, I had to do some fetch quests. It's in a lost city of Kefin in the desert. Uh, it sounds I'm like it racking. should be a cool setting. Yeah, and the lost city looks okay. <laughs> um, Does Ease ever appear again? Just in all these games you talk, I know Ease is in one and two, and is it just the name of the series and three, four, five, and six and seven? They don't actually go back there. There's no place called Ease in the game. No, though you do meet a guy who was in the Tower of Darm in Ease six, so there's a link by that. So wait, there's this guy, and he's like, I used to be. It's really just a name drop. He's like, Yeah, I used to hang out in that Tower of Darm, and that's the closest <laughs> it gets to referencing no, he's Ease. The- Mike, do you remember the guy, the the scholar in the human town who... Uh, dang, the NPCs are blending together for me. And, uh, yeah, they're all the either tower. boring men... I know exactly who you're talking about, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to give you his name so that maybe you can remember him, Glenn, because he is in the tower, but uh, it's not coming to me. I'm I'm a failure. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I just hey, can't remember too. I can't remember man. it. Clearly, you didn't memorize the web pages well enough before this recording. You should have just made so- something up. Like that scholar in the tower, name is Zatal. Do you remember him? No. <laughs> and then you just run with it. Well, I mean, there's so much other random information. Oh, yeah, I the could, scholar I Zeus. I remember him. Start remembering names. Yeah. Video, I mean, I'm, I'm bad enough. Like, I'll read a book and then the next day not remember the main character's <laughs> name in the book that I just saw a thousand times. I don't, I certainly don't remember personal now and you know in uh in rpgs and they just dump them on you all game 
Here's a random fact. The expert version of Eve 5 was not published by uh, Falcom. It was published by Koi. I think that's how Falcom has continued its existence, is every now and then when it has something crappy to remake, it just makes other people do it and collects a fee, and that way they don't Pretty have to much. worry about it. And then for yeah, E3, they were like, oh, let's five do all got remade on PS2 by um, Taito, wasn't it? Yeah. And they're... And these are versions that the hardcore East fans out there swear are awful because Falcom had nothing to do with them, I guess. Not like I can speak to them. I haven't played any of the PS2 versions of 3, 4, and 5. Oh, I'm sure they made a lot of money licensing them out. So I bet Falcom doesn't even care about the quality. <laughs> so, overall, Mike... Well, if you're going to play one of these, Ease 4 is definitely the way to go. It's pretty much the same qualities that made Ease 1 and 2 worth playing. Ease 5, oh. well, maybe the Taito remake does something better, but as is, uh, stay away. So this is yet another import pick section where you don't recommend any of the games that you're picking. <laughs> <laughs> He's well, for they, naturally, they naturally segued from the discussion we were already having, so I kind of had to include these two. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Okay. Um, alrighty. Of course, so, you were here last time when I enthusiastically recommended something that you'll never play because it's a Saturn import. Or because it's in Japanese, not English. I just said the word import. Does that not <laughs> narrow it down enough? Could be Maybe a game from say, Europe. Oh, it's an import from France. Because there are so many of those. Hey, I imported. Right, I only play games that are in English. I don't care what not English language your games are in. I'm not playing them if they're not in English. I already told you. I played Owendon 2. I didn't care that that was in Japanese. That's about the rhythm games are about it. You know, I speak the language of music, and I don't care what language the menus are in. I'm not going to play a video game in Japanese. <laughs> well, fair enough. All can't all be insane the way I am. This is true. We can't be insane, but we can hang around for the last lap. We'll be right back in just a minute. Have some things up, Rita. Uh, we got a quick uh, post on the bulletin boards for about our last show from Ombres. He says, "Great backtrack, lots of great memories." He uh, he was talking about uh, Stonekeep. He liked the game. 
uh, back in the day, and he did finish it. One of the things he brought up I thought was interesting was, because we never had <laughs> Sam and I never got to the final boss, apparently there's two ways to beat it, and I feel the need to, to put this in here, because here at Backtrack, we're all about spoilers. Apparently, you can do the traditional way, which is very hard, because he hits for a lot of damage, uh, but the other, less traditional way, where you lay a trap, um, and you want to look up FAQ, I guess, for more detail on that, but uh, y yet another cheesy way to beat uh, one of these old games, apparently does exist um but he really enjoyed that game um he did like dragon force he mentions he thought it was a great game finished it more than once um and as far as ease goes he said he first played on the sega master system was there a sega master yeah. or something yeah yep. the first one did come out on the master system <laughs> ah and then he got the third one on the snes both versions were very different he thinks the genesis one was uh, harder but both pretty much uh, had the same story with just a bit of difference. So, um, uh, and somebody asked, uh, somebody asked, somebody asked, somebody asked a question. Here's a, here, uh, Nixie writes, here's a question for the panel uh, of the Ease Backtrack. As someone who's never played the game in this series, which one of all of them do you consider the most accessible? Good question. That's a Mike and Mike question. You two go. <laughs> I'll go with these six, and I'll uh, let Mike talk about the rest. When when <laughs> it comes out here, I would say Oath and Fulgana. Ew. Because it's a, it's a little simpler than six, so I think it's a little more accessible. Okay, Glenn. Remember, Are you assuming this person? I mean, Ease is all really simple. I mean, if you're saying Oath and Fulgana, you're assuming this foreign person is incredibly inept at video games. Like, <laughs> E6 is a little complicated. You swing a sword for a three-hit combo attack, and you have to deal with magic. So for someone like you, I recommend Oath of Hogaya. It's really easy. I, I just think it's slightly more accessible than E6. I mean, I can't say, because uh, I've only played 1, 2, and 3, and of those, 2 was the both the best and, I guess, the most accessible, and I wouldn't recommend 3 to anybody, so... I think that they'll be better at recommending since they've played six too. But what about seven when it comes out? I, I would say thing should wait until seven comes out and try that. Yeah, I would say from everything I've read because I did read about the the E series um, once I was able to get on the internet and just out curiosity and stuff. And from everything I've read, listening to you guys talk, and then reading and speaking a little bit with Mac about seven, I, I would kind of look forward to seven. It doesn't seem like really that that playing the other ones is really necessary to get the full enjoyment out of Seven. It doesn't seem like these stories really play a big part in carrying over, aside from, like, the one and two hookup. Yeah. I'd imagine yeah. that after we've all played E7, we probably all would have answered this question with E7. That would be yeah. my guess. So keep your eyes open for the yeah. full review at rpgamer.com. Okay. So, yeah. so the answer is, you should start with six or seven, unless you're so terrible at video games, you think they sound complicated, and then Oath of Fogaya. <laughs> it's not like Oath and Fogana isn't complicated. I just, I don't know. Mm. They're both, they're all good. Uh-oh. So now you're saying that even Oath of Fogaya might be too complicated for this no, contributor. That's, that's nice. Hey, Glenn, it's not an yes. anonymous former, it's Sam. Remember that. <laughs> oh, it was Sam that posted that? I missed the name. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Othogaya might be too difficult. <laughs> so, so uh, is it like Harvest Moon? <laughs> Do you pet a cow and then you win? Is that is it more complicated than that? <laughs> yes. She's not going to listen to this. No. <laughs> um, 
Mike, do you have a, a real Mike? Do you have a contest question this week? Yeah, it's not particularly difficult, but it will require a fair amount of writing. So, oh, and what's the prize? The prize will be, uh, I'm actually cleaning up my game collection, and I'm going to get rid of a bunch of games. Now, I don't have any Ease games, but what I will do is, out of this collection of games that I'm getting rid of, I will send this lucky winner one of those games that has the letter Y in it somewhere. Okay, now that Y could be in the instruction book, it could be on the front cover, it'll have the letter Y in it somewhere, it'll be from my personal collection, therefore it's in it's it's instantly valuable just because it's from my collection and it has a letter Y. Wait a second. I have a question here. Do yeah. you still have your copy of From the Abyss? No, that was actually a review <laughs> copy I had to send back, thank God. <laughs> okay, all right. Good. Then people Hey, Abyss or, does have a oh, Y in it, doesn't that. it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what I was you thinking. You said earlier that you bought Space Siege for five bucks, so it's not like you're a discerning buyer and your collection is only full of great <laughs> games. Yeah, that's right. You don't know really what you'll get, honestly. And 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 no, I I no, I I don't promise that it's actually going to be a good. Beyond game. Beyond the Beyond has two Y's in it. Wasn't that a game? Do you have that? You know, I I don't. But that that's a good point. No, hey, I, I do have some Dynasty Warriors games, and there's a couple of Y's in there. So you never know. Could be that. I don't you think know. you can really complain about a free game. <laughs> it, it could be one of my Final you Fantasy can. remakes. We haven't heard the question just... yet. He said it takes a lot of writing. My, his question <laughs> might be like, what is your 5,000 word thesis on? And then you go beyond beyond. Yay! Yay! No, it's not that long. You're simply going to have to tell me every console that Ease has not been on. Oh, well, that's not very long at all. Yeah, that's not a short list. No, it? 360, oh, PS3. You're going to have to find out. That's it. Shut up, Glenn. You're not going to make <laughs> yeah. it easier for him. Easier, get it, ha. Huh? Okay, so... Here, wait, here's yeah. my question. If you're Protoss and you're against some jerk that Reaper rushes you, what's the best thing to do against a Reaper rush that hits so fast you can't even have a Stalker out yet? That's pretty rude. What the heck it has is to a Protoss? work in a ladder Who? match when some jerk does that to me. Who would do something so underhanded? That's just wrong. Anonymous Battle.net. Evil hmm. people. What is a Battle.net? Never this heard is one of wonderful thing. It's like the Just internet only you battle people over it. <laughs> there you go. So Both there's your question, fast. guys. Yeah, there, there's your question. Um, I, yeah, I'm just going to have them send us to Mike. Mike, what's your email address for the contest question? Albert Odyssey at Hotmail. There you go. So send it to yeah. Albert Odyssey at Hotmail.com and you might win a totally mediocre game for my collection that I'm getting rid of. All right. So... <laughs> I have Kathy hey. Griffin's autobiography. That has a Y in it. Can we give that? Albert, we can Albert do that. Odyssey you want to do that? It. it does. Let's give away his Hotmail address. <laughs> <laughs> On the next uh, RPG Backtrack number 23, we will be doing a full-scale retrospective on Steam games, talking about Evolution 1 and 2 in Worlds, Riviera, Yggdra Union, Baroque, Knights in the Nightmare, and possibly Heinz Force or how Hexes Force or whatever it's called. Uh, we'll also be talking about the PC classic. Uh, how do you say that? Do A or Do X or Deus Ex? Deus Ex. Thank you. That's what you that can't say. Deus Ex. <laughs> yeah, I can't pronounce names. You want me to pronounce something that's in French? Okay. And for the double uh, for a double impact uh, in 
import corner. We're gonna uh, Mike's gonna be talking about real Mike. We'll be talking about Treasure Hunter G and Solid Runner. So look forward to that in a couple of weeks. We'd love to hear more of your questions and comments. Please feel free to write them on the boards at rpgamer.com or email them to jcservantrpgamer.com. Of course, you're always welcome to uh, do an audio recording of two-minute review on any of the games that I just mentioned that we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks, and we will add that in. Follow us on twitter.com slash rpgamer and become our fa- biggest fans at facebook.com. Has RP anyone ever Gamer. done a recording and sent it in yet? Yes, hush. Um, <laughs> now, Hold on a second. I want to thank... Hold on a second for what? He's going to can, make I, his can I elicit questions for Q and A during the podcast? Yeah, well, I'm about to I was about to say, Glenn, fake Mike. Is there anything you would like to bring to our audience before we leave? <laughs> I'll let fake Mike go first. Go, fake Mike. <laughs> okay, please send some questions to Q and A, and read the and comment. What would that email address be, Mister Fake Mike? That would be wheels at rpgamer.com. What kind of questions should they write? I mean, what what are you looking for exactly? Just, just like any what whatever's on your mind about our RPGs or. If you feel like a non-RPGs. I also just what set up... What about personal questions? Because Matt always talks about his personal life in the column. Can we ask you personal questions? <laughs> no. Can I ask I'm about gonna... hygiene products? I'm not going to try and be Matt, no. You can also Is it because you aren't as attractive Twitter. as Matt? Probably. <laughs> you can hit me up on Twitter at AskWheels. Somebody, and... somebody stole the name Wheels. Ah. And people can can write you questions there on Twitter? Yes, they can. All righty. And, yeah, that's awesome. Hmm. Hey, I'm on Twitter, too. Twitter.com slash JCServant. Yeah, you could also write us questions on the backtrack there, too, I suppose. That's always a good idea. Glenn, do you have anything for the audience? Nope, I'm good. Do I really have anything for the audience ever? Don't I just try to get rid of them? I don't know. (laughs) Have you written any reviews lately you want to... I wrote this review called Alpha Protocol. You want me to talk about that? No, no, that's okay. We're, we're trying to keep this under five hours. Uh, this is a um, alpha review. protocol. Like, Would you give out a protocol out of, out of curiosity? Wait, what? Would you give uh, alpha protocol out of curiosity? No, 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 there is no curiosity. The scores on the internet, actually. No, there is no curiosity. No, 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 we're not getting into like this. Then. No, no, Yay, fake Mike. I can like if, you too. You could talk to him about it after the show, fake Mike. Okay, no, we're not okay. going to be here for another forty-five we'll like each minutes. Other all night long, and you won't no. get a bit of it, Phil. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Phil, have you even played Alpha Protocol? I want to thank my co-host Mike Mickey for doing an outstanding <laughs> job putting this together. As well, to our audience, we thank you for listening to RPG Backtrack. As always, you're the reason we do this. RPG Backtrack is a production of RP Gamer, your source for RPG news, impressions, reviews, articles, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Write your questions and comments on our boards or email jcservant at rpgamer.com and help shape our future shows. As always, listen to our previous podcast as well as our awesome sister show, RPG Cast, at rpgamer.com. Mr. Minky, please send us away before they start talking about Alpha Protocol. Adol will be back. Will he continue ramming his way to victory, or will an attack button stay in place? Will he keep rescuing all the damsels of the world, or will he finally say no and let somebody get sacrificed? No way to tell without bumping your way into the games that Exceed is going to bring us, so why not support him? The game's just my deserve.